Fumbling of chairs and tuning instruments at a junior high or high school band concert might appear disjointed to the audience, but this next guest has spent over 30 years organizing these young students to reach their potential as musicians. From teaching each student the importance of discipline to working together on the same sheet of music, Ms. Schoenfeld has created an impact on students' lives that will benefit this community for years. She has led Blossom Parades and tons of halftime shows, and I am grateful for the memories. This is Episode 7. How long have you been doing this? 25 years in chagrin. Why, why chagrin? Well, I taught seven years in private school before that in Akron. And I interviewed around. I wanted to get out of private school, so to speak, just because the retirement system was not good. Oh. I enjoyed where I was quite yeah. a bit. I actually was teaching at my alma mater. Oh, cool. So I think you're you're from Chagrin, I think. We moved here like, 10 years ago. Oh, 10 years ago. Okay. Well, you know the people in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How inbred that is. Well, that wasn't the school I was at. Um, Do you know what I mean? So I enjoy teaching there, but there was no retirement system. So I could see far down the road. Gotcha. I was like, I have to do something. So when I interviewed, I interviewed for two years straight. And this was the, I was offered other jobs, but this was the only place that I felt that was similar to a private school that it was okay to teach values. Maybe, you know, not really values, values, but the expectation was that you weren't just teaching them your subject, you were teaching kids life. And I don't know if that's that way in every school. What, give me give me an example. What made what? How did that work? Teaching them life. Well, they're expected to do certain things, not just because it says so in the rules, but because it's best for everybody involved. If you have a time that you need to be there, that's for a reason, so we can account for everyone. But it's also best for everybody, so we can move forward to the next thing. And that's sort of an underlying principle that you don't really say out loud, but. What, that's the expectation. You don't walk in two minutes before. You need to be a tiny early so you can be ready. And so when you think of education for the kids, um, are you trying to balance them understanding the notes versus understanding the harmony? Like, what is the baseline when you go into teaching the kids? Baseline is I teach them that they need to be able to read what's on the page so that they can make the music. But then there's also the concept of sometimes they can just hear something and want to play it back where they don't have to read. But the end result is whatever they produce, they have to enjoy and the audience has to enjoy. So, so they're telling... Like a story, so to speak. They're telling a story. So yeah, they have to make the audience be excited or not be excited. Or if it's sad, they have to convey that to the audience. If it's spooky, they have to make it spooky. So that you want them to feel the communication with the audience. Yes. Some do. Some kids don't. Yeah. Some young kids really do. Do, you, they, they, do they get excited about that kind of thing? Like, hey, I can communicate with the audience like I've never done? Yeah, I think they do. Like our eighth grade right now, we're doing a, the Halloween show. And we go over to Hamlet and play for the people in the home. And I told them, I said, that you have to convey if this is exciting, if it's scary. They don't know. You have to pretend like someone's creeping around. So we talk about articulation and how that, you know, does that. So they, they said it has to give the audience something to grasp where they can pull that back and say, oh, I remember that as a kid or, ooh, that does sound scary. How did you get into this? Into music? Yeah. 
um, when I was in fifth grade, they came around the same thing. I wanted to do band. So as an older gentleman, he had to be 70 at the time when I was in fifth grade. But you know how that is. You yeah, think yeah. all people are old. He said, you can't play drums because you're a girl. Oh, wow. I said, okay. So I went home and I said, I'm playing drums. Nice. Because I was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and we started with 14 people in drums. Where was uh, this? In Akron at a private school. Oh, okay. So by eighth grade, I was the only one left playing drums. So we had that discussion that I was still a girl and I was still playing drums. Were you any good? Um, no. No? No. I mean, we played drums. It wasn't, it was a private school. It was once a week and like 40 kids at a time or something. I gotcha. We didn't, truthfully, we didn't learn much. But I did it just because they said I couldn't. Nice. So how long were you in the band? Um, all through high school. Yeah. And two years in college. So you were just, you knew music was it for you? No, I didn't. Went to high school. Um, my parents forced me to join the band freshman year. They forced me sophomore year. Oh, wow. Then we moved, and I forced them that I wanted to stay in band at the other school. <laughs> so then it was, then I, I was really enjoying it. We had, just like your children, made friends right away. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. But my junior year, a gentleman from Kent came out to work with our drums. And he said, what are you doing for college? I said, I'm not going to college. He goes, oh, you probably are. I said, okay. <laughs> and so he encouraged me. He came back senior year. He said, I think you should go into music just because you can organize so well. Because there were, we had 16 drum kids, and I was in charge of them as a junior. So you were organizing all the other players? Yeah, giving them their equipment. The whole DR band director had no clue. Oh, wow. I did everything. I and you were a parts. junior? I was a junior. <laughs> Girl doing this. And there were boys that were seniors. and They, they couldn't get their act No, they together. all didn't read music, so I could read music. So that was a step ahead. Gotcha. So when you were doing the music, did you really get into the theory of the music, or were you more just like the direction of it? or um, Not the theory so much. When I was in college, I really enjoyed, we used to play Drop the Needle, because it was old vinyl back then. Oh, okay. And so you had to identify whatever classical piece, and the period and the composer, all within like 30 seconds. So I was really good at that. I enjoyed listening to music, and I used to, I was able to nail that down. The theory, I don't know if I'm so into the theory as far as the written part, because I think it's important, but it doesn't go as much with expressing what comes out of the instrument and playing as a group together. So while it's important to know if that's a, you know, resting tone or not. When you're like trying to keep the enthusiasm of the kids, at, either in when you were a junior or the kids today, when you're teaching, do you have to kind of balance the fun with the, you know, the deep understanding of what they're doing? Yeah, I think you do. I think it really, you know, people say, oh, it just can't be fun. Well, if it's not enjoyable for the person, it's like any activity, you're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. You, you know, or you weigh, there's so many options our kids have right now in high school, especially that if it isn't fun, they're going to find something that is. Or maybe something that they shouldn't be doing that they think is more fun. Gotcha. So you have to sort of keep them involved and give them that hook. What makes it fun? And their friends make it fun. Many of our kids are in for social reasons. And it's okay with me. But we have a good group that's there to play also. And that is becoming uh, more dominant. And I think it shows in the quality that's improving over the last few years. So the quality of the attention that, the, like, 
everybody talks about how technology has taken the kids distracting and stuff like that. But I'm assuming there's a lot of positive in that too, where they can learn maybe techniques on YouTube or something like, where do you see that? Like, is there a more negative, positive? I think with the technology, I think as a traditional uh, teacher of music, some of us don't enjoy the technology end, but I think realistically we communicate through our ensembles with very, a very small population of the students in the school. In any school, it's like that. But there's a huge population in the school that kids do garage bands. Our kids are playing on the computer with um, like the Apple program garage band and they're making songs. We don't touch any of that in our district. Many schools don't because of the space, the expense. It would take away from your performance ensembles because those kids are interested and there's not enough time for those kids to do both classes, so to speak. But I think over, I think within the next 20 years, I think it will change in music ed. And I think we should change to get those kids an opportunity, a chance to explore music also. So the, the kids that are tech heavy with the music they wouldn't necessarily be the same kids that would come join band? Not many of them. Really? Yeah, I think there's a big population out there of kids who just sit at the computer that really, they don't care for the games, but they like the music end of it and making different sounds and beats go together. Yeah. I think we have a lot of that. I don't think it's recognized. The harmony, I always think, that comes from the band and I think there's a depth to the harmony, right? So it's not just the harmony in the music, but the way you're able to get them to be in harmony when they move and stuff like that. Is there like a deep message that you're trying to, I don't know, ensure that these kids um, understand how important that is, you know, in their own life, right? It's like you, you work together as a team, you layer the notes together, the music comes out. I mean, it's, do they understand that what you're trying to convey, maybe for life kind of thing. I don't think they do. And I don't really hit on that. I mean, I do with just how I handle things. But I think that's something that when they get older, they'll realize that, oh, I probably learned this back there and didn't realize it. Do you know what I mean? It's little like life lessons that they don't really get yet. And I don't like to hit them over the head with it. But all the time we talk about you're here for everybody. Each person has their role and you got to do your own thing. When I think of the music and I think of what it's done for my kids, not only are you learning an instrument that comes from a unbelievable history, you know, of the great composers and and how the instruments came together, and then they're able to communicate that through their self and they're able to do that with friends and get into, you know, a composition and stuff and be able to read music. And I think that comes from what you've been able to do. And there's a couple things that I think um, we got a little bit of feedback, if you don't mind. One of your students says, marching band in the fall was incredibly fun. On the other hand, performing in the spring allowed me to really hone on my instrument. Through it all, Ms. Schoenfeld held us together and led us to great achievements. She not only cares deeply about all our students, but she also wants everybody to enjoy band and understand all the positive attributes of marching and concert band. As a field commander my senior year, I was able to appreciate more of what Ms. Schoenfeld did every day for hundreds of students, but no one can understand how incredibly hard she works. What's even more unbelievable is her compassion for all students, despite the pressure of the job, 
and the huge spectrum of ages she teaches every day. I will always be grateful for my time in band and Miss Schoenfeld. That's one of your students. That's nice. So that's where I think that deep impact, maybe like you were mentioning, they don't feel it at that moment when you're trying to, you know, put them in line, but till till later. So that's, that's one I'll, I'll read for now, but thank you. um, Sorry. That's very cool. So you, when you're teaching and stuff like that, I always thought would be kind of neat is you're able to see a student just begin band and you're able to see them read music and they're struggling and yet you can see they show up every day um, and then they finally hit that note and you were like, they got it or however. What what do you think is your satisfying parts of your job? I think with what you just said, that's one of the parts when all of a sudden the light bulb goes on and they make the connection like how to read the notes or how that they can play these notes on the page one way and they're pretty boring. But if they put a tiny crescendo in or put some articulation mm-hmm. in, then that changes sort of how the song sounds. And then we talk about that's how you start to express the meaning to the audience. It's by changing. It's just not a bunch of black dots. Anyone can play that. You have to start playing them with different expression. So it, that takes a little bit of time. Some kids never really get it. Some children do. They get it early on. Yeah. So it's, you know, the more you can get it, the earlier it starts, the better it is for kids that they can actually get that concept. The band, like the football, you have to do the football, and then you get to do the concerts at, at all year and stuff. What What is your favorite part of the season? Well, we joke all the time that marching band's like football band. <laughs> you have to have football interruption. But... Kate, I mean, almost every band director is in band because they had a positive marching band experience. I mean, for this around here anyway, a lot of schools don't even do marching band because they don't do football or whatever. The you know they don't band doesn't go, but many directors around here that's why they got into it because that was their first experience. When you go to high school, it's fall, it's football. So I don't know. I, I I like marching band to an extent. Like now it's been great. We've been able to wear just shirt sleeves on Friday nights. And we have to start wearing real coats and hats and gloves when it gets cold. Then I'm about finished with it. <laughs> um, another guy uh, said, band was awesome for me because Miss Schoenfeld really cared about cultivating interest in music and how to be a diligent musician. Since music is an important hobby of mine, I felt Miss Schoenfeld was very... Good at teaching to individual students strengths and encouraging us to practice what makes us happy. That's kind of neat. It is neat. It's because I tell them that when you sit down and practice, just don't play what I expect you to do. Play something that you like to play. End with that or start with that. We try every day that sort of end with something upbeat so they'll want to come back. Yeah. doesn't always happen because of the time management thing sometimes. So is it is it hard to encourage the students when they're just not hitting the note? Or? Yeah, it is, because they get real frustrated. Like, I had a beginner, even this year, I got an email from the mom after two lessons. She wanted to quit. And I said, well, it's been two lessons. <laughs> she is struggling. Here's the things that we can do, and I'll be happy to meet with you. But why don't you start here and see if she can do these few things? Yeah. Maybe it'll help this issue. And if that doesn't work i'll be happy to sit down one-on-one yeah that's usually what i do when i get someone like that even students that um, drop out i encourage them 
that if they ever have a change of heart, they're welcome back. And I've had students that drop oh, for okay. a year and come back and say, you said I could come back if I missed it. I really miss it. May I rejoin? Wow. So I let them. I've had three or four. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's great that they don't like get mad that they drop out because kids' interests change. Sure. Sometimes I, I'm happy. It's like, you probably need a new hobby. That's good. <laughs> I don't say that out loud, but that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but, you know, their interests change. Yeah. Or they don't. They don't put their whole heart into it. And right now, I think it's important. I tell the kids, you all chose to be here. This is an elective class. You elected to do this. So please give it your all. And if you don't want to, it's okay. There's the door. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of my attitude with them. And I think for a you know, 15-year-old kid, they get that concept. They get that we're going to do it. Let's just do it right. Yeah. Yeah, my um, my kids definitely uh, appreciated that as well. They they read music, and it's very interesting to see how big of an impact that has on them. No, I just I think it's um, I think as a teacher, especially a music teacher or a coach, when you see the kids a lot more than you know they're fifty minutes in the class, and especially with me, I see them fifth through twelfth grade. I think we have a really big impact sometime. And we might not always realize it as teachers. The kids, yeah, they go home, but a lot of times they'll go to their room. And you as parents may only see them for dinner, depending on your family, how that works. And when they get older, they go to work. They're home long enough to do their homework, eat and sleep. And then they're out the door again. So I think we see them sometimes more minutes than you might, at least waking minutes. And I think that it's real important for us to make sure that the kids understand a decent set of values. Like all, like they come from all different environments, but I think to teach them just to be good citizens is a super important role that we as coaches and teachers play with the kids. And I think that's, I think that's the bottom line. It's not just about teaching them the notes on the page and, or about making the music, you know, have expression for them and for the audience, but it's about you're going to go through life and you need, a lot of skills and this is one way to get them is just being part of our group and if you do what we ask you to do it'll probably work out okay tell me a little bit about got a couple more years left and then you're done with this are you going to stay in music at all or um i think i'll play yeah. that's one reason why i want to move uh, to florida is they have about four or five bands and an orchestra or two that i can join drums all percussion yeah oh cool yeah, I'll do that. I, there's a couple, they have one band that's called New Horizons, where it's for well, the retired adults, but adults who maybe never played an instrument or who did play in just through high school and then want to come back to it now. And it's a national recognized like movement or whatever. And so I may play a different instrument in there just to play. I sat in with one of their ensembles about a year ago. What do you actually, guys play? Uh, like concert literature, pops, uh, oh, okay. standard marching or standard band literature. Gotcha. And they play patriotic things, you know, just whatever the concert is. But they um, asked me if I would direct, and I said, "Not really." When I come down, I want I want to play. I don't want to yeah. be in charge anymore. I've been in charge a long time. <laughs> so that's what I mean. I, so I will play. I play. I mean, I still play. I don't play professionally anymore. I play at my church. And I was in a gig band for five years. We actually played in the area. Oh, did, really? Did a cover. It was a cover group. Oh, cool. But when I, it was right before I got the high school marching band job the second time that 
I just couldn't do it when I did the high school. I knew I, I told him, I said, I can't do this anymore. We had done five years and we made some money. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Um, did you have like a cool van and you go around the country kind of thing? No, no. We were just here local. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was local. So who's your favorite artist? Who you're, who do you like listening to? Um, truthfully now I've switched the country. <laughs> I used to listen to a lot of classical, a lot of standard rock, like our cover stuff was yeah, like yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s stuff, some modern stuff. It's pretty eclectic for me. Do you get down to Blossom or? I do go to Blossom. Yeah. I go to Blossom. I have a subscription there and oh, I cool. go to Severance a couple times a, yeah. a year. Mm -hmm. So that kind of keeps your classical slash country. Mix. Yeah, we as teachers call it cleaning out our ears. We go hear the chords that are always in tune, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> you know how that is. We only reached out to a couple of students and uh, my wife thought, she would probably get flooded if she asked out for some more. And I'm assuming in your retirement year, you're probably going to have a full stadium of kids cheering. And sad to see you go. But anyways, thank you for coming in. Thank you. And uh, that's a wrap. Right.